Hi, my name is Pete. Welcome to episode zero. Episode zero, which is different to all the other episodes. Episodes, even different to episode one, origin story, and certainly different from the usual ones, you know, the usual gubbins around here. Uh, this is a glossary. It's an audio and a text-based glossary, because if you go into the episode description, you will find links to all of the people I speak about. So if you're new to this, uh, it's kind of like this episode is for you. But if you're not new to the area of, um, you know, the phenomena and researching the phenomena, it serves as a kind of link list, if you can imagine. But if you're listening in Apple, as you probably know, Apple don't um, kind of liven up their links. So you'll have to jump onto Spotify or Google or one of the others, Stitcher, all those dudes, um, for the links. Now, also, this is not in any way uh, exhaustive. I will... Uh, add to it, and I'm going to add to it right now, uh, based on episode 8 that's just gone up the other day, uh, which is on remote viewing. So I'm going to talk about a couple of the old people that I talk about in the remote viewing episode, episode 8. Now, during that episode, I butcher the name Joseph McMonagle. Oh, I've done it again. <laughs> McMonagle. It's quite, it is an unusual name to give me credit for butchering somebody's name. Um, he looks like a butcher, doesn't he, Joe? Joe, as I like to call him. Joseph McMonagall. Mc... I'm crying out loud. Joseph McMonagall. Joseph McMonagall. What? That's, I mean, that's a mad name, isn't it? McMon. McMon! That sounds Scottish, that bit. And then the word eagle, which sounds, you know, like a kind of soaring golden eagle. Is it? Are they golden, the American ones? What's that thing about eagles in America? Anyway, Joseph McMon Eagle. <laughs> in episode eight, I talk about him quite extensively, actually. And anyway, he's a remote viewer. Ingo, um, <laughs> Ingo, Ingo Star. I was going to call him Ingo Star. This is good, isn't it? Ingo Star, Ringo Star, Ingo Swan. Now, Ingo Swan, apparently, according to the information I've got in front of me here, he's the guy that coined the phrase with his mates at the American Society for Psychical Research in New York. He coined the phrase, or those guys coined the phrase, remote viewing. That's good, isn't it? So Ingo Swan, and Ingo is one of the reasons why I'm, I'm considering a part two, whether it's episode nine or episode ten, who knows? So maybe I won't do it, but there's quite a lot on, in the remote viewing um, you know, the field of remote viewing. I just feel like I've just kind of like stumbled in and, you know, kind of mucking about in the first little bit of the corner of the massive field. So anyway, Ingo Swan, he, uh, you know, kind of devised a protocol that, um, if you like, kind of professionalised um, remote viewing and certainly kind of made it uh, rigorously scientific. The kind of protocol was... Uh, it did too, and has been adopted uh, kind of like worldwide. And then we've got the two guys that set it up, Hal Putoff and Russell Targ. Um, so there we go. Yeah, very interesting. Now, uh, those they're the four main people I talk about in episode eight. So there's my lovely little update. And now back to the original lineup. And I think, don't I talk about Putoff now? Maybe I talk about put off, but in another context. But you can't stop talking about put off. You can't put off talking about put off. So let's get going now. First of all, uh, Lou Alexander. Well, what's to say about Lou Alexander? He's the person that was running ATIP, the Advanced Aero 
Uh, what's it called? Advanced Aerospace, is it? Gee, this is a good start, isn't it? <laughs> Adva- I always forget if it's aerospace. I think it must be aerospace, mustn't it? Yeah, Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. That is the uh, government program, kind of secret, essentially, government program that Lou Elizondo was um, running from 2010 to 2017. He joined it in 2008 and got the big job of running the place two, le- two years later. And he was frustrated because his um, reports and his work wasn't being um, uh, uh, like fed up. Fed up? Um, given to, that's the word, fed up, given to um, the do the, the um, defence secretary at the time, uh, this guy called James uh, Mattis, is it? Something like that. Lou Alexander is like praises, a whole heap of praise on this dude, Mattis, I think his name is Mattis. Anyway, he was very frustrated that the defence secretary wasn't getting a whiff of this because of the stigma involved the people like you know kind of taking care of the defense secretary's diary and the people around him um thought that it would look bad if he even got a report based on um the uaps uap by the way if you're new to this stands for unidentified aerial phenomena it is a an acronym which is overtaking ufo uh but kind of partly, if not fully, to get over that stigma that UFO has attracted itself to um, over the years. Uh, attracted itself to? Over the years. Yeah, let's stick with that. So Lou Alexander uh, resigned in 2017, joined this organisation to uh, called To The Stars Academy, uh, gave a beautiful story to the um, New York Times, and Chris Mellon was involved in that as well. I'll tell you about Chris Mellon in a second. And ever since then, Lou Alexander has been the kind of like the number one person, the go-to guy for finding out what is going on with the old, um, you know, like what happened in ATIP. And certainly he's been kind of trying to push out information and for this whole kind of area to be transparent. He's a really interesting guy. There's lots and lots of information about him and loads and loads of interviews. And um, his official website is linked. So next, Christopher Mellon. He's the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defence for Intelligence. And I know that because I've just read that from the episode notes. And that's the only job description that I had to have because it's incredibly difficult to remember that. Basically, what it means is that he was very high up in, um, you know, kind of overseeing defence in the United States. And he uh, kind of knew a lot in terms of um, the UAP research and other areas of the phenomena as well, no doubt. Um, Like, you know, kind of in the US government and in various corporations probably connected to, um, you know, the the US government. Um, So the, the thinking is, just on that, the thinking is that anything kind of tasty is with uh, private corporations. So it's been mentioned that, um, for instance, Lockheed Martin will have, uh, you know, some kind of um, quite secretive department in which they're looking at um, technology, which is, you know, very advanced. And there's certainly suspicion that craft have been uh, kind of captured 
um, Ross Coulthard, the uh, Australian journalist, was saying that um, people are telling him that craft was essentially left for people to pick up, for humans to pick up, which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, Lockheed Martin and other private um, companies, the kind of rumour is that they have got the kind of tasty thing, which means that they're not... Uh, they can't be kind of um, subject to freedom of information requests. Now, if you are a government department, uh, you of course, you're not compelled to do anything if a freedom of information request comes through. But it's easier to, if you've got kind of, um, you know, tenacious people trying to chase down information, it's easier if it's just not kind of part of the government at all. Yeah. I mean, all of this is a grey area because, of course, you are going to have government links. You're even going to maybe have uh, consultants who aren't really, strictly speaking, working for the government, but their job is, uh, you know, kind of in a government department and all the rest of it. But you can kind of get away with saying that they're not working for the uh, government when, for all intents and purposes, they are. So is that clear who Chris Mellon is? No. He used to have this job. And then he stopped doing that job that I said about 10 minutes ago. And now he's on the kind of um, UAP transparency train. If you want to know more about him, look him up on your website or on his website. Next, we've got Jack Vallée. What to say about Jack Vallée? Well, um, Jack Vallée is basically been looking in this uh, the kind of UAP area and also other areas of the phenomena. Um, remote viewing, for instance, he was doing that in the uh, late 70s, um, which is essentially kind of like, you know, what used to be called clairvoyance, where you can kind of like find out information in a different location. All that rhymes. Uh, it's called remote viewing these days. And um, he's uh, an absolute, the grandmaster of all of this, the grandfather and the grandmaster flash of all of this is Jacques Vallée incredibly influential. Uh, his theory is that the uh, beings, the kind of higher beings, or whatever you want to call it, the others, are um, interdimensional, um, interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial. So they're not coming from, you know, galaxies far, far away, but they're essentially Earth-based, um, you know, creatures that uh, kind of shift dimensions into the dimension uh, that we habit, habitat, habits, inhabit. Yeah. And Jacques Vallée is a fascinating character, absolutely extraordinary, you know, the kind of pinnacle of UFO research for years and years and years and years. He's like getting on a bit, but he's still um, making great work. He had a book out a couple of months ago, for instance, called Trinity. Um, so that his website is there, like he's so influential that when Steven Spielberg met him, when he was researching, um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, he thought, oh, I like this valet character. Maybe the UFO expert that I've got in my film, I'm going to change him into a Frenchman. And I'm going to get my old mate, Francois Truffaut, to come over, put down the bloody megaphone, you Francois Truffaut, you big actor, you big director, and be a big actor. Yeah. So that's um, Jacques Vallée. 
Next, a couple of people that are kind of reporting on and researching uh, this this area, the kind of UFO area, the UAP area. First of all, Max Moscovich. Max Moscovich is a Dutch-based journalist who's working a lot on this kind of, you know, UAP area. And he's really absolutely brilliant. He's a very good interviewer. He did a series of great interviews just recently with um, Lou Elizondo. Next, Christina Gomez. Christina Gomez represents a kind of new generation, if you like. She's young. I think she's in her mid-20s, maybe. Um, and she is, you know, a very good, excellent presenter. And she's got a great uh, YouTube channel. But also she's got a good Twitter um, you know, kind of she's generates lots of good tweets. So her Twitter handle or address or whatever is linked. Next to James Fox, who is a director who's made four films about UFOs. The latest one, uh, which came out um, November, I think, October, November 2020, last year, is called The Phenomena. Uh, sorry, The Phenomenon. If there is a place to begin, if you're new to this and you quite kind of think, all right, maybe there's something in this, maybe this joker isn't totally off his nut, um, then watch the phenomenon. I can't express that highly enough. I've linked to the film where you can rent it. It's easy to, you know, kind of sort that out. It only costs three quid or something to rent it and you can buy it for not much more. And it is absolutely brilliant. If there's one kind of, you know, starting place for new people to this subject, I can't express highly enough um, that the phenomena is a must-see. Next is George Knapp, who's been looking at this since the uh, late 80s, 89, I think. Um, who, so he's got, like, you know, 30 years' experience, uh, Las Vegas-based journalist, and he's famous for breaking the, the Bob Lazar story. Bob Lazar is basically this dude that said he worked in this kind of part of Area 51, where there were loads of um, UFOs like hanging around. Nine, apparently. Next is Jeremy Corbell, who works very closely to George Knapp. And in the last kind of year or so, Jeremy Corbell has released a series of uh, videos or kind of footage shot by uh, Navy personnel and not kind of released officially by the Pentagon, but sent to uh, Corbell for Corbell to release. Uh, all of these guys, by the way, you know, their links are in the episode description. Next is Unidentified Celebrity Review, which is a really, really entertaining show. They do a couple of shows a week. Um, Lou and um, Michael and Rather Be Squidding are the three uh, uh, people that, you know, host the show. And they've got a wide range of guests really excellent excellent show beautifully produced they totally know what they're doing one of their um co-hosts essentially and certainly a very regular guest is ufo jane uh, ufo jane is you know an excellent uh, researcher in this area speaking of which richard dolan has been researching this and writing about ufos for you know years like decades and then we get to the black vault um, the Black Vault, the guy that runs that, um, whose name is John Greenwald, he, his kind of speciality is sending out freedom of information requests. And he does this at a kind of dizzying rate. And apparently they're kind of very effective. Lou Alexander has spoken about how 
you know, government departments do not like getting issued with freedom of information requests. And he's over the years, he's kind of got lots and lots of information out, which is extraordinary. Like, you know, if you're new to this and you're thinking, all right, where's the evidence? Go to the Black Vaults. OK, so there's your film and there's your link. If you're looking for evidence of, you know, where's the beef, as they used to say. Next is Joe Merger, UFO Joe. Joe's speciality is that he um, makes transcripts of interviews, which is really useful and a very interesting thing to do. And Joe, uh, a couple of weeks ago, was transcripting and kind of doing daily reports on a uh, quite an important conference that happened a couple of weeks ago, which was absolutely brilliant, kind of way into the conference, uh, whereby otherwise, if it wasn't for his reports, we wouldn't know much about it. And then we've got Danny Silver at Silver Records. Danny Silver, again, is an excellent researcher in the UFO area. And his uh, website is definitely worth, you know, kind of going to and keeping an eye on. Um, so now the, an area uh, which has interested me for a good while, and I know quite a lot about this, is near-death experiences. I started to research this after the death of my father um, in 2015. So, IANS is the International Association for Near-Death Studies. There's lots and lots of evidence on IANS. The Department of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia, uh, or DOPS as it's known, they have been working since, um, uh, what's his name, Ian Stevenson set it up in, I think it was the uh, 67 off the top of my head, 1967, so it's been going a long way. They don't just deal with near-death experiences, but that's one of their kind of things that they really do look at a lot. They also look at reincarnation. They look at a whole group, bunch of different things. Next is Dr. Eben Alexander, who was a doctor who had an uh, extraordinary near-death experience. It's quite a famous case, and he's quite a kind of good way into this world, if you like. Um, really amazing. He was basically in a coma for a week and he had this incredible near-death experience. And it's interesting because it kind of lines up like what was happening in the hospital in terms of his physical health lines up interestingly with his um, experience. Dr. Sam Parnia has been working in res um, resuscitation and looking at what happens at the end of life and looking at what happens to the uh, to the brain when people have near-death experiences. He's been doing that for decades and he's like a, you know, very, very interesting a doctor, like a scientist or a medical doctor who's looking at this area, um, which obviously a lot of people in his position would kind of think it's too out there or whatever. And the last person is Dr. Penny Sartori, who I included because um, the, their details were sent to me via somebody else on this list that I'm going to get to in a minute. So Penny Sartori's um, situation is that she was an intensive care nurse for 17 years, and obviously she cared for patients close to death. And she started um, researching near-death experiences. So that's a really interesting um, you know, perspective. Um, so the last section here is consciousness. Rupert Sheldrake, what to say about Rupert Sheldrake, uh, like pioneering um, scientists in lots of fields, um, kind of studying consciousness and studying the senses, studying, um, you know, like um, psi, so what used to be called ESP, 
that kind of sense that you know what's going to happen before it does, that sense that somebody is looking at you, that sense that somebody is in trouble, uh, that kind of um, non-local communication, if you like. Stuart Hameroff, um, whose website is Quantum Consciousness, he's worked with, um, what's his name, that old dude, Penrose. And they've come up with him, Hameroff and Penrose have come up with an idea about consciousness, which is... Uh, you know, kind of not agreed upon, but it is a theory which is really interesting. Stuart Hameroff is a, an extraordinary speaker, an extraordinary guy. Next is Ryan Bledsoe, who is the podcast host of Bledsoe Said So, officially the best podcast name ever. Imagine having your surname as Bledsoe and you start a podcast and you call it Bledsoe Said So. That's so good, that, isn't it, man? Anyway, um, it's a really interesting podcast, quite a lot, very different from quite a lot of the other kind of um, phenomena podcast because of who Ryan is. Ryan is one of the sons of Christopher Bledsoe Sr., who had an extraordinary experience and continues to have experiences and his property continues to be visited, like essentially all the time, it seems. Uh, there's lots and lots of footage on uh, Instagram and lots and lots of information about the Bledsoes. And it's definitely worth diving into the Bledsoe world a great place to begin is their podcast, Bledsoe Said So. And the last person is a Twitter account that I'm quite new to, but he's been very generous. The Twitter account is called Perceptions Today. The person that runs it has been very generous in uh, giving me lots of information, including Penny Sartori today, actually. So uh, he's got an outstanding uh, Twitter um, you know, account, always putting up lots and lots of really interesting information, which is which is great. And so thank you, uh, Perceptions Today, for that. And um, now it's just lastly for me, it's, it's quite a short one, this, isn't it? Episode zero. I now I do need to accredit a friend of mine, this Batman-chinned adventurer who came up with this idea. And the other day... I went in and spoke to him. I said, oh, I've just come up with this great idea. Episode zero. I'm going to do a glossary. And he said, that was my idea. I came up with episode zero. Don't you remember? The other day, I came up with episode zero. And you said, no, episode zero is such a rubbish idea. Number one, episode zero. Oh, boring. It's already been done before. Bledsoe said so, did it weeks ago. And number two, it's not a good idea because it's not mine. <laughs> And then I totally forgot about that. I mean, he inceptioned me, basically. He put the idea in my mind. It was his idea, was his idea, but he put it in my mind and he thought that he had done it himself. So, Batman chinned Wonder Boy, thank you so much for such a brilliant idea. I really appreciate it. And that is episode zero.